Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartney, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, welcome back to episode three of my September 2023 Plotting Shed podcast series. It's lovely for you to have tuned back in again and I really, really do appreciate all your comments and emails that you've sent through. It's it's lovely to hear that you enjoy listening to my burblings on about, about gardens and garden design. And one of the things I, I always try to do is to make these uh, an aspirational podcast series so that you feel less of a non-expert because it's something I hear so often when I'm talking to clients and customers is you know I don't want to get it wrong and I'm worried about not doing things right and I'm a rubbish gardener and I don't know much and therefore the assumption being I can't have a nice garden because I'm not expert like you well If somebody emailed me and said, do you know what, I've changed my view on how I'm going to garden and I'm so much happier and my garden feels amazing and I love it, then that's the best email I I get from people. It's because I'm not trying to make you want to be a gardener. I don't want to be a gardener, actually you know, potting on and pricking on. I, I did all that in my youth with my parents' nursery. I mean, it's really dull and boring stuff. Now, there's lots of enjoyable things about doing a little bit of planting and sowing seeds, but it's not how I want to be a gardener. I just want my garden to make me feel the way I want to feel and and not feel overwhelmed by things that I think I should be doing in the garden or that I feel as though my garden's appearance somehow lets the side down or lets me down or lets anything else down. And there's this inherent pressure, isn't there, that sometimes you you make a oh, sorry, my garden is a mess. Well, who's judging? We judge ourselves really harshly, I think, when it comes to gardening. So I wanted to talk to you this week about how you can have some very simple tips to become, to to allow you to garden more easily, okay, and less stressfully. But in order to do that, we need to go back 70 years, because this is when it all started. And if you understand why we are at where we are at, then you can fight against those inherent, should we say, you're not doing this right, thoughts, old school, and I call it old school thoughts. So this is about how we can garden better and more easily and less stressfully. And I'll give you the tip that I've used, and it it's really, really good. 
So I have a busy life. I'm running a business. I have a big garden and a biggish house and I'm on my own. And I've got lots on my plate. So this was transformative for me. But as I said, before we start that, we have to go back 70, 80 years to understand why the psychology that we have about our gardens is as it is now. And it's at the end of World War II, prior to the blitz and the bombing, and obviously if you're listening in other parts of the world, it's, it's slightly different. But in the UK, a lot of the old deprived housing in inner cities was obliterated. And so they rebuilt new estates and new places and new properties and housing that was not slum housing anymore. We were lifting ourselves out and lifting everybody up from pre-war housing. Lots of people who lived in cities and things had a garden for the first ever time. And after all the deprivations and rationing and everything post-war Britain, plants and flowers gave a really uplifting boost of colour. People had front gardens, people had lawns. They weren't gardeners. So what were they told to do? Neat, straight, well-mown, stripy lawns. We can eradicate the devastation around us by giving ourselves a beautiful, colourful, neat and ordered garden. It was a really good counter against the destruction for the previous number of years with, with war. And that psyche kind of set everything in, didn't it? It then became a bit of a male arena. The, the women would be inside the house in old traditional family and doing the home stuff and the man would be outside and tending the garden and it was neat and it was straight and all the pictures and everything else showed you how to have a well-ordered garden. The implication was you were a good citizen. From that, we then developed all of these add-ons that in order to keep your garden looking beautiful and neat and ordered as we can all understand why they wanted to do that you need mowers and you need strimmers and you need clippers and you need pruning shears and we need to have green grass which means it's got to be fertilized and where we've got our plants we can't allow other plants to grow in between the plants that we've purchased because that shows a level of neglect so we then have to have weed killers. We can't have bugs eating holes in our plants because that shows that we're not tending our garden and keeping it in a pristine condition. So then we developed insecticides and all these other things. As we've become a more commercialized society, these have been advertised to us. And what's the, what's the construct, isn't it? You know, whenever you see an advert for anything to do with gardening, the garden, the house, everything, it's immaculate. The people doing it are happy. It's all, it's all building and adding back to that deeply held psychology that somehow if our garden is not neat and ordered, we are not doing what we should be. Now, I'm going to throw this little statement out here. Einstein, I know, got nothing to do with horticulture, but a really smart guy. Einstein said, 
Genius is making complex ideas simple, not making simple ideas complex. From what I've just said about how we've introduced all of these additional things that we're told we need to have for our garden to keep it night and neat and tidy, we are adhering to a standard that requires a lot of complex solutions. That's not genius. That's not clever. That's just a slave to the psychology of the past. And we all know it's time to change. Now, one of the big design principles I'm constantly asked by clients and customers is, I just want an easy, an easy garden to maintain. I haven't got time, I'm busy, I've got kids, family, this, that and the other. The garden's got to look after itself. So my genius tips to you about how to make your garden maintenance easier is let's make the complex ideas simple. And this was something that I, to a large extent, had foisted on me because I was up till three, four, five years ago doing the same thing. Oh gosh, I've got to go and weed and I've got to trim and I've got to cut that and I've got to prune that and keep it in order and everything else. And I was running exhausted. So I changed and made the complex simple. The only reason to a large extent we are doing all of that garden maintenance is because of a psychology that was embedded in our grandparents and our parents. And it doesn't apply now. So this is what I do. What I am, instead of a gardener, is I am a gardening referee. And what is a referee's job? A referee's job in a football game or a hockey match or a rugby match or any kind of team sport. They have some very simple tasks to do. The first one is to as much as possible, let the game flow, let players play, let, let everything happen. But they also have to protect the players, don't they? So they have to make sure that nobody gets injured, nobody, there's nothing dangerous, there's nothing bad happening. And lastly, they have to sort out the rule breakers. When somebody breaks the rules of, of the game, then there is a consequence. But my point is this, when it comes to gardening, who sets the rules? And ultimately, you can. I can. So in the context of refereeing your garden, my enduring principle now is to just let the garden do what it's going to do naturally. In terms of protecting the players, the players are the plants that I have spent money on, that I've invested in. So if those plants are being somehow affected or damaged or aren't thriving because there is a, a weed or 
another plant that's, that's doing something that's preventing one of my plants from thriving, I will go and deal with it. It might need that some branches overhead might need to be removing so my plant can grow a bit taller and flower. It's not getting enough light or that maybe a bindweed is clambering through it and it's, it's just strangling it a little bit and I need to deal with it. Those plants and objects that I have invested my own time and money in, I will protect if I need to, but only if I need to. Because it's only if someone's breaking the rules that I need to intervene. But the most important point is, I'm choosing my rules. I'm choosing the rules that fit with my lifestyle. Many of you having listened to my podcast in the past will know that for the last two years now, I've not mown part of my lawn. I've left it to grow in, as it chooses. That has had consequences, which many of you will know, and certainly with block paving and grass seeds, it has had a consequences I didn't consider, but we always make mistakes and we learn from them. But most importantly, in terms of, let's just say the lawn, and going back to making complex solutions simple. We used to, I used to put a spring feed and an awesome feed on the lawn. Then we'd, I would hollow teen it every two or three years. I would scarify it to, to create this pristine lawn. And I used to also employ the services of one of those lawn maintenance companies that would come in four times a year and they would do all this and we'd spend money to have this perfect lawn. Now, for the time that I was doing that, it was worthwhile doing because I had three kids who were playing football, running around. We had associated other kids. A number of times you'd look out and you go, how many kids are running around on my grass? Okay, fine. It needed to regrow and regenerate itself because it was under a lot of use. But seeing as all the football has now gone, the consequence of all of that food and, and nutrition was meaning that some weeks I was almost having to cut the grass twice a week to keep it looking pristine. I was becoming a slave to the problem. The complex solutions that I had, which were putting in feed and weed kill and all this stuff to my lawn was just making more work for me. So if I said to you this summer, I have, obviously there's areas of my grass that I haven't cut, but the paths that I have cut, I have mown them all, I think since May, maybe four times. And the grass doesn't grow very fast because after four or five years now, the nutrition levels have dropped down. So the grass is looking after itself. Yes, I have more flowers and wildflowers and, and moss and everything, but that doesn't bother me. That's, that's fine. I hope you can see the point that I'm trying to make, which is this sort of slaving to the, the complex solutions, the psychology of the past creates work and effort. In terms of pruning and cutting things, I always try and prune the shrubs that get in the way or that need cutting back, but I prune them from the inside and remove branches rather than around the outside. I decided to stop using power tools 
about seven years ago. Because as soon as you use a power tool, you create an artificial shape. And as soon as then a sprout comes up, that shape is being attacked by nature and it makes you feel like you need to cut it again. And all of it, it just puts you on this hamster wheel of what have I got to do to maintain and keep the garden looking neat and ordered? So by allowing plants to grow in a more natural shape and a natural way and allow the hedges to grow in a more natural form, my workload has diminished 70%, which for me is really important. So I'm saying that it's your garden and it's your rules. I have a, a rose, moss roses, it, it, it spreads, it grows. It came originally from my grandmother's garden many, many years ago. I went to my mum's and she gave me a bit and it's in my garden. Now, every single year, every leaf in on this rose are, there's a little half moon cut out, the leaf cutter bees. I just love this rose. Historically, I would be spraying to stop the infestation in my garden. But I haven't sprayed chemicals. I, I have, well, I do use a bit of weed killer on the paths. I will hold my hand up. But in terms of the garden, I haven't sprayed or added chemicals to my garden or necessarily even food or fertilizer to a large extent for years. So now plants grow at their natural rate with their natural size, which means they can support themselves because we're not having great big leaves and great big this and over heavy flowers. So I don't need to do the maintenance. Nature does it by itself. It took me a while to accept that my garden isn't as neat as other people's. But the trade-off for me is that I don't sit in my garden and look at chores and jobs to do all the time now because nature's found its own balance. I used to have aphids everywhere on the roses and things like that. I, I don't get anything like that now. There's a few, but they get predated on. So you define how you want your garden to be. Work your own set of rules. Be your own referee. Because by liberating your mindset from what you think a beautiful garden should look like will make your garden much easier to look after. Right, so we've done a lot about negatives. We've done a lot about changing and, and, and how you can remove the bad bits of the garden. Next week, we're going to start looking at choosing the right design for you. So I hope you tune in and do keep those comments coming through. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com. 
or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download you can look at the designs that we've created so do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode you can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com there's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee so all donations will be hugely appreciated thank you very much enjoy your week enjoy your garden take care and stay well